friend, welcome to what is part one of an awesome mini three-part series. My guest today is Sivan Sharwit from Wellness with Sivan. She's an RTT hypnotherapist, and RTT stands for Rapid Transformational Therapy. And that particular sort of therapy has been developed by the British therapist Marissa Peer. I personally came across Marissa and her work when she was on the School of Greatness podcast with Lewis House. Everyone, and I mean everyone, I shared this episode with was equally touched and fascinated. So naturally, I will add the link to the show notes and you can go and make up your own mind. Ever since I followed Marissa, I gained so much insight into my own life and behavior. She has worked with the rich, the famous, and the ones working under high pressure, like Olympians or politicians. And through her decades of experience, she noticed that the overwhelming part of all negative beliefs is rooted in one of the three mental lies we tell ourselves, and that keep us disconnected from what we desire so badly. Number one, I'm not enough. Number two, I'm too different from the rest. And number three, what I want is not available to me. And the reason why I can only nod my head in agreement is because I see those mental weeds in the clients I work with. When it comes to design and interior, a lot of people tell themselves something along the lines of, number one, who am I to want or deserve this? Number two, oh, I like many little details from many different designs, but not one entirely. And if I combine all of those, oh man, that would be just a mess. And it... it it wouldn't look like design, so why bother? I mean, this is for others, but not for me. Number three. Oh, yeah, I have expensive taste. If I really wanted a design I'm 100% happy with, <sighs> millions wouldn't probably be enough. And besides, for people like me, this just remains a fantasy. So after 18 months of stalking Marissa and getting so far on my own, it is the time to cross that last line. Talk to an RTT-accredited therapist and whittle Marissa's message for the masses down to a personal experience, which led me to Sivan. In this interview, I asked her to go into the nitty-gritty and give me as many details as possible, starting with what hypnosis actually is, the general concept of rapid transformation, the problems it can help with, the changes you can expect, down to the detailed process of how to contact her and what the onboarding process actually looks like. I promise, at the end of this episode, there is no question left open. And Sivan was even so kind to give us a taste of what hypnosis can do for you by recording a little treat on how to tap into your personal happy place. And guess what? As an extra extra bonus, I can give you a hands-on report on my own experience because I just had to try RTT finally for myself. Here we go. Enjoy this episode. Oh, wait, I forgot to mention. We had, I had, a little bit of a technical issue whilst recording and the first six seconds of Sivan talking are a little bit hard to understand, but you can count it. It's six seconds and then it's up to perfect. Welcome to the Home of Having podcast, my friend. This is the place to learn how to create a home away from home. I am Nick. I am an interior designer, but also a CRL expat. And this season, I'm on the quest to find out what belonging means. Why? 
Well, because psychologists claim belonging is what defines the value of our life and it helps us cope with life when life gets rough. And you don't need to be an expat to know life doesn't get any rougher than when we feel lonely. So I'm inviting you to hear and learn from inspiring people as they share their story and their knowledge on belonging. And then you can make a decision on what a home worth having really means to you. Welcome to this week's episode. Sivan, welcome to the Home Worth Having podcast. I'm so happy to have you here. It is early morning for me in Europe, but you are located in Australia, so it's already the afternoon for, for you. I just told my listeners how I found Marissa and the resources that she's providing, and it got me really interested because I've been using it now for quite a while, but... As great as it is, there is something missing. And this is why we are talking, because I wanted to have some hands-on knowledge from somebody who's using it on the everyday basis. And I was wondering, can you tell us a little bit about how you fell into your profession and why you chose to stick with Marissa's program? Yeah, sure. So my background is in nutrition. I always had a passion for helping people be healthier, happier, you know, just support them on their well-being journey. And nutrition was kind of the path that, that I chose. But what I found was I could tell my clients exactly what they needed to do in order to feel good and feel healthy. But getting them to actually do it was a whole different story. And I really felt I needed tools to help them change their habits and change their patterns and achieve their goals. And people come up with these self-sabotaging patterns or they're so good, they commit to something and they do it for a couple of weeks, but then it's back to their old patterns. And that really got me thinking, what's going on here? And I noticed the same patterns in myself. I'm sure you would be familiar with it as well. And I really wanted to add a tool to my practice that would help my clients get real change. And I happened to come across Marissa Peer and Rapid Rapid Transformational Therapy, or RTT for short. And it was like the answer to my prayers. It, It just ticked all the boxes. And what RTT really is, is Marissa Peer over 30 years of working with thousands and thousands of clients from royalty and celebrities and Olympians to just normal, simple people. She learned how to get real quick results for people. And RTT, the beauty of it is that it's, it combines different therapies. So it uses hypnotherapy as the key to access the subconscious mind. And once we're in, we can use different tools from NLP, from cognitive behavioral therapy, from psychotherapy. And because we're doing all that work at the subconscious level, we get to affect real change. We get to change the patterns of behavior, the patterns of thinking, patterns of habit, and really get to the root cause of what's driving those unwanted patterns or unwanted habits. Right. So we need maybe to clarify about hypnosis. I think everybody knows by now that this is not some parlor trick that somebody comes 
puts you on a hypnosis and then manipulates you in, in some way, you're conscious of what's going on. It's just that you are in a very, very relaxed state, right? Yeah, there are many misconceptions about hypnosis. And I think the biggest one is that people think that they're not going to be in control and that I can make them do anything. And that's actually not true. There's different ways to practice hypnotherapy. And some therapists will just have you listening to a hypnosis. So they're just giving you suggestions. They're the only ones talking. But with RTT, we're in conversation the whole time. So you're very much aware of what's going on. You're answering questions. If there's a question you don't want to answer, you can just say, I don't want to go there. Or if something doesn't sound right, you say, no, it doesn't resonate. You're fully in control and aware of what's going on. If anything, you're more aware because you have this heightened awareness that comes from your subconscious mind. Your conscious mind, that, you know, that monkey mind, that chatter is quiet and you have real insight from deeper within yourself. So that's really a beautiful thing to experience. And then, you know, people think that they're asleep, but you're not. You're, re you're really not. You are very relaxed. And in hypnosis, you enter a brainwave state. It's an alpha brainwave state, which is exactly the same state you're in as you fall asleep. So it's a very natural state that you, you get into, you know, every night. So it's not something unfamiliar. You don't even feel yourself going into hypnosis. You just feel yourself relaxing. And maybe when you come out of the session, you suddenly feel like, oh, okay, yeah, I was very deep. But you don't feel it happening. It's not like you're suddenly, you know, there's a click of the fingers and you're out. It's not like that at all. It's very safe. And it feels really good. Like people actually enjoy it so much. They, they almost become... <laughs> hypnosis junkies because it's that deep relaxation that we're so you know we're lacking in our modern lifestyle we're always so busy and and anxious and it feels really good to just be relaxed and focused on your healing yeah I definitely had that sensation and all of a sudden everything is very bright and very loud because for the last I don't know 30 minutes an hour you had your eyes closed but you're so inward focused that when your attention comes back to the outside world it all seemed a little bit high definition. Yeah, like a little bit of a different dimension. <laughs> yeah. So the interesting thing about RTT, I mean, rapid transformation, and then in therapy, we all have this conception that therapy has to last so long. It's going to be so hard. And saying that RTT can solve your issue in one to three sessions sounds great, but it also sounds very ballsy. So how come it's so radically different and how come that Marissa is the only celebrity mental health agent that is promoting that? Well, she sat in through her studies of, of conventional therapy and she was told the mind takes a lifetime to understand. And she was like, I don't, people don't have a lifetime to heal. People need answers now. And so she just found her way of refining her methods and finding what works. And I think that the biggest key with RTT is that the combination of different tools. So we use very effective tools that are used in conventional therapy, but combining them with hypnotherapy allows you to work straight at the root cause. So you're not, you're not guessing. And you're also not just sitting around talking about your pain. And I have nothing against conventional therapy. It has its place for sure. But we all know you go to the therapist week after week or month after month for many years, 
and you don't get a quick transformation, that's for sure. The other thing with RTT is that it's very empowering to the client because the therapist, I don't sit there and tell you this is what's going on for you, this is what's wrong, this is what needs to be fixing. You are the one making the connections. You are the one seeing, oh, that's what made me believe certain things about myself. And now I can see that's not true. And you can reframe it for yourself. So you're the one actively doing the healing, actively doing the reframing. And that's very empowering. And once you tap into that and you see in the hypnosis, you can see these patterns and how they formed and how your mind was perceiving things before the age of seven, which is when we form most of our subconscious beliefs. You can actually start noticing those patterns just every day as you go about your life, you can just see, oh, here's a pattern. Let's see where that's coming from. And you can kind of explore and do a little bit more untangling on your own as well because of the fact that during the session you had that opportunity to make those own connections, to really see for yourself what was going on in your subconscious mind and how it wasn't serving you. And you yourself are the one turning that around and changing those limiting beliefs into beliefs that serve you and move you forward. So that in itself... I think, is one of the key features of RTT because it's just so empowering. Right. So it's like throwing the first stone, hitting bullseye, and then seeing what the ripples affect afterwards. Yeah. Yeah. And, and that's another thing. You talk about ripple effects. I've had a client, for example, that came to me for sugar addiction. She would binge on sugar every single day, every, like every afternoon, and she would eat healthy the rest of the time. And she knew what eating healthy meant, but she could not get over that afternoon sugar binge and during the session what came up was that her mom never quite made her feel worthy so she formed a belief that she wasn't worthy so she was always self-sabotaging she was never looking after herself and that manifested in the sugar binging but we did not mention one thing about drinking in the session but after the session she completely stopped drinking not a single drop of wine and she was she would drink a glass of wine every day so there definitely is a ripple effect. You just don't know what changing one limiting belief, where else in your life is that affecting you? And tell me, is that for anybody or do you have certain, do you need to have certain pre-installed, I don't know, <laughs> conceptions about hypnosis working on you? Or is there people who are just not suited for hypnosis? I don't believe that's true. I think when clients come to a hypnotherapist, they're at a point where they want to be helped and they believe on some level that hypnotherapy can help them. Obviously, if someone's being dragged, you know, my, my wife told me to come here because she doesn't like that I smoke and they're doing everything they can to resist, um, you know, that's going to be a bit more difficult to help. But anyone who's on board, even if they are naturally resistant simply because they've never had hypnotherapy before and they're not sure how it's going to feel. I have so many tools in my toolbox to get you there, to help people relax and just flow with the process. Right. So walk us maybe through the process, because I think people that have heard about it, but might be interested, but resistant, how does it work? I have an issue and I've heard about RTT. So I'll go to your website. I contact you is there something like a pre-talk or do you dive right in? Like how, how does it work? So usually people contact me on Instagram or Facebook or through my website. 
and they're just feeling the waters. And we usually just go back and forth with a few messages or we jump on a call. I offer free discovery calls. And they kind of describe what's happening for them. And we talk about how RTT can help. And the, the way to really know whether or not RTT can help is any, any pattern that you notice that's running over and over again that you can't seem to change, any habit that you want to change and you, you can't. You know, if you see patterns in your relationships or certain things that trigger you, but you can't just get down to the bottom of, of why you're so triggered, things like that are very obviously driven by subconscious beliefs. So that they're definitely fantastic for RTT, things like emotional eating, eating disorders. But what people don't realize is that things like physical pain and physical conditions, health conditions, oftentimes we have things that are unexplainable by modern medicine. For example, unexplained infertility. That can definitely be driven by subconscious beliefs. Autoimmune conditions oftentimes have emotional components to them. Physical pain that comes out of nowhere or just started at an interesting timing, or I had a client that had a gallbladder attack every time she went on a business trip. Things like that are very much signals that your body's trying to tell you something. So their RTT is very powerful for physical conditions as well. But basically you get in touch, we have a chat, we talk about how RTT can help you. And then if you're ready to book a session, I have an option of one session or a package of three. And you fill an intake form and the intake form itself takes you through some questions that help you get clarity about what you want to work on. Because oftentimes people bring, you know, a shopping list. I have this thing and that thing. And so it really helps you focus on what you want to work on first. And then we set up a Zoom meeting. I send you all the information, all the instructions of how to set up. And it's great to do it on Zoom because... You know, you can do it in the comfort of your own home where you feel safe and comfortable. You can be lying on your bed or, or on your sofa. And it's just an, a beautiful experience to have. And then the session itself takes about two hours, sometimes a bit less, sometimes a bit more, because you just never know what unfolds. But it's important to set aside at least two uninterrupted hours. And I take you through the relaxation process, which takes you into hypnosis. And then we asked... The mind. We just ask the direct question. Your mind knows the answers. And we just ask, what is the root cause of whatever is showing up for you? And the mind will bring up memories or scenes from your past, usually from early childhood. I've had clients go back to very early, like before the age of one. I've had clients go back to the womb. That's how early on, you know, our beliefs form. It's fascinating. And Sometimes it's a conscious memory that you remember happening. Sometimes it isn't. Sometimes people see it as like a snapshot, like a picture. Sometimes people see it as like a movie. Sometimes it's a memory that you don't even know if you remember or maybe your parents just told you about it. But things just come up. And if you allow them to come up, all the answers that you need are right there. So then we just go through a series of different tools. We look at those scenes. We usually um, go back to three different scenes. We, we look at the connection of how these events in your life led you to experience what you're experiencing today, which we're working on to change. And we start untangling and unraveling and reframing and empowering and letting go. And by the end of the two hours, you, you come out of it. And the first word that most of my clients say as soon as they come back is wow, because it's, it's so powerful and it's such a journey. 
And by the end of it, even if the scenes that come up can be emotional, and emotional isn't, isn't bad, it's good. It's a chance to release and process more of that suppressed anger, sadness, rage, whatever it is for us. I have to admit, I like to see a client cry because it shows that healing is happening and energy is shifting. But you go back and revisit these scenes and sometimes they can be unpleasant because they're unpleasant memories. Some people have had abuse in their past, but it's very safe. We're not reliving anything. We're just reviewing. It already happened to you and cannot hurt you again. And that's something that I always make sure my clients are very much aware of. And they have a chance to finally reframe what happened. Instead of having that event control their lives, they can now regain their control and take control of their lives. Could you maybe give us one or two examples, maybe very different examples of how, how connections are made. I mean, obviously you, that is, you know, uh, depersonalized, but I told my listeners in the intro that Marissa says that in doing her years now of practice, she can narrow it down that most feelings of lack come from three beliefs of not either not being enough of being too different or whatever it is you want is not available to you. So, I'm sure there, there's others, but most of their issues fall back on one of these three. So how would that look like? You said there was a client with an, not an eating disorder, but a problem with, with her sugar intake. What would be another example of something in your adult life manifests and has maybe something completely unrelated or a weird connection that we would never have assumed? Yeah, well, it, it's interesting because we form these beliefs who are obviously very early on in life where we don't have the capacity to really understand what's going on and we don't have the ability to understand nuances in, in adults' lives yet. And yeah, Marissa did narrow it down to three core beliefs that our issues stem from. I'm not enough is the most prevalent. I'm different and I can't connect or, or I don't belong. And that something isn't available to me. And the one of I'm different and I can't connect or I don't belong. I had a client, she was on this wonderful health journey. She changed her diet. She lost 20 kilos. She was doing really great. And then after she lost 20 kilos, she just couldn't lose any more weight. And she still had a bit more weight to lose. And if nothing she tried helped. She, every Monday she said, that's it, I'm starting again. And, and she obviously knew what to do because she's already lost 20 kilos. But, you know, Monday would come, breakfast would be good, but by lunchtime it was all out the window. And she just could not understand what was going on. And what we uncovered in the RTT session was that when she was very little, she always felt different in her family. She felt like a little bit like the black sheep, like her sister was the good one, but she was, you know, the troublemaker. And, and she always felt different. And her family are from an Italian background and they were big people and, and they liked to eat. And she formed a belief that when she's bigger and heavier, she's connected to her family. So once she lost that weight, there was a point where her mind said, it's not safe for you to lose any more weight because you'll lose the connection with your family. So there was nothing she could do on a logic conscious level to shift that. But once we had the session, and this was just before Christmas, and she told me, oh, what's one day of, of Christmas? I'll eat whatever. But she knew that was going to spiral out of control. But she messaged me a week later. She's like, I've already planned my Christmas menu and I'm, and I'm searching these low carb desserts. And she was completely focused and she was back to losing weight and it was completely liberating. So that's, that's one example. 
But if you think about it, when, when we're very little, if you're just a baby and mom is suffering from postnatal depression, that's enough for you to form a belief that you're not lovable, that you're not enough. If your parents get angry at something, which all parents do at some point, if they compare you with you know, your siblings, which again, sometimes parents do that without even meaning to, but you can feel compared, that might cause you to believe that there's something wrong with you. Or, you know, if every time you're sad, you get to bake cookies, then that forms the basis of emotional eating later on in life or sugar addictions, things like that. So it's quite easy to see how these experiences in our past form these patterns later on. And it doesn't need to be real abuse or trauma. You could have grown up with the most loving committed conscious parents and still have these issues and it doesn't mean that you weren't loved or that you weren't looked after it means that in your perception of a little child you didn't feel like your needs were fully met right so i get this whole concept that you were born perfect and you were born whole and then on the way as we learn the way that we learn something happens and we come to the wrong conclusions when we file the stories or the events, the experience that we had, we file them under the wrong folder, so to say. And I attribute that a lot to the way that we are taught to grow up because as a kid, we are not that conscious cognitive being where a feeling being. And then we were told to grow up or we were told in order to grow up and to be more complete, you need to learn to use your brain, be logic. And then people focus on being logic so much that they forget that being whole and mature comes from connecting the, the two, the, the cognitive side and the feeling side. And I'm definitely a victim of that, that I have my entire life felt this attraction to maturity. And I always wanted to be I always wanted to be older and I was focusing so much on being logic and pragmatic and be very much, you know, a left brained person. And that all got shaken when I had my kids and I realized there's so much immaturity still in me. And that's because I'm so rigidly hanging on to the left side of my brain. Yeah. You, you said it already that you can have the most perfect loving parents and then you can still, then you can still, yeah. Yeah, through your perception and interpretation, you can still create these beliefs for sure. And like you said, we are all born in a perfect state. We are born knowing that we're enough and that we're worthy. And, you know, a baby, a baby doesn't care if it's 2 a.m. and mom's tired. I'm hungry now. Feed me now. And you don't see a baby going, oh, don't look at me, I'm naked and I have these fat rolls. A baby is just like, love me, I'm here and and I'm everything. And then we lose that. We lose that as we get older and as we get conditioned, really, by, by the adults. And as a child, you know, an adult says something, you take that at face value because they're bigger. Obviously, they know more. And these things stay with us. And it's interesting because as a child... You also believed in Santa and Tooth Fairy, but those beliefs you were able to let go of easily. (laughs) But then the beliefs about ourselves, I'm not worthy, I'm not good enough, they stay with us without us even being aware of them. And yeah, they do hold us back later in life. And, you know, it's interesting what you say about 
the left brain and, and having that, you know, rigid maturity or whatever you want to call it, because control is an illusion. And really what we need is to surrender. Yes. And, and realize that we don't have control. And life becomes a whole lot easier when we just let things go. But many of us can't do that because we're not even aware of what it is that's causing us to behave in the way that we do. Yeah, so that is one issue that I always face with my clients. A lot of people can't tell me what they really want. Mm. I bet they can tell you what they don't want. <laughs> yeah, yeah, everybody can tell me what they don't want, but most people can't tell me what they want. And some are just, some are too shy and they like, they don't want to express like they are afraid. And some people have such a big list. I want this and this and this and this. Okay, you can have everything you want, but you can't have it all at the same time. And I'm always coming back to the same example. What is it you really want? What's the core? What is the most important? And I come back to the example of eating. What is a healthy want or healthy need here? Because if you eat when you're hungry, that's the way it's supposed to be. But if you're hungry and you refuse your body food and you're starving yourself and you're trying to control something, you're like, okay, then that's unhealthy. Or the other way around, like you are not hungry and you keep eating. So I have these clients either like, I want something, but no, it's okay. You know, I, I can live without. It's like, but why? But if that keeps coming back, why? And we all know that with food and diet, it's so simple. It's so straightforward. And so many people are struggling with that. It's, you know, it's, it's an issue. So how do we deal with those needs or how do we make the connection if what we want is really what we need when it's something more complex that isn't related to a physical sensation like being hungry? Yeah, well, I think knowing ourselves and what I call coming home to ourselves, because like you say, people are very good at telling you what they don't want, but knowing what you do want, that is a hard question to answer because we never give ourselves the time to think about it. And we, especially as women and mothers, you know, we always put ourselves last. We have the kids, we have our husbands or wives or, you know, the whole world comes first. And often I see with my clients, you know, we feel guilty about taking any me time or self-care. And that's a pattern of you holding a belief that you're not enough, that you're not worthy, that you don't love yourself. And, you know, this is when we see patterns of addiction or emotional eating because there's a void within you that you're trying to fill with external things. And I know that many of your listeners are expats. And I know that some expats have, they need to move because of work and different circumstances. But some people are just on a search of maybe I'll fit in, maybe I'll belong you know, maybe I need a warmer country, maybe I need a cooler country. Um, and it's that external search for, for something that really can only be found within you. Yeah, I have the impression it's not so much about the country where they end up. It's about just leaving where they have been. Mm -hmm. Yeah, change. Something needs to change. But really, really, that change needs to happen on the inside. Yeah, because we, we will never feel whole and complete and satisfied anywhere. And it's the same thing even in a relationship. Like, 
if you love yourself, that makes you lovable to the other person as well. And, that, and the more whole and complete you are within yourself, the more whole and complete everything in your life becomes because you're no longer needing that external validation. You're no longer you know, needing your partner to, to keep you happy. You know, you can be happy even if your kids are acting out. That doesn't ruin your day. It's something that, yes, you need to deal with, but it, your happiness doesn't need to depend on all these external circumstances, as well as, you know, your weight or your body shape or all these things that we put so much importance on. All of that would fall away if we really and truly knew ourselves and loved ourselves and reignited that natural state we were born in. This isn't something new. It's not a journey of, you know, discovering yourself. It's a journey of remembering who you are. And once, once you have that, it's easy to tap into it again. I had a session with a client this week, actually, and she, she just felt like all her relationships were kind of surface level. She couldn't go deep, but it was also triggering her. Like she wanted to go deep, but it's like no one around her was going deep. But she thought, if it's everyone around me, then it must be something about me. And what came up in the session were two scenes where she felt like she needed external validation. She felt judged, she felt um, a bit wrong or guilty about being herself. And then two scenes where she was fully herself. One was when she was five and it was through her mother's reaction that she felt, you know, this, this complete peace and joy, which was so lacking from her life now. And the other one was in high school where she was just herself and free and happy and laughing. And these scenes coming up in the session allowed her to feel those emotions. And once she felt them, she had this big smile on her face and she started laughing and it was like, I forgot. I forgot, but, but now I remember. And that was just so natural for her to feel that. And now it's like she's tapped into it. Now she can bring that up whenever she wants. Right. So if we're going back to the whole being a little bit too rigid, maybe, and being too left-brained, I know that some of my listeners have never considered hypnotherapy, and then others might be already open to it, and I see it by my own example. I have purchased some of Marissa's audios that helped, but I always feel for as long as I listen to them and I always listen to them before I go to bed, I, I lay down, I put my, the, the earplugs in and then she does the whole relaxation session, counts back to 10 and I hardly ever make it to one. I'm already dosed off already before that. And for as long as I do that, I can feel a difference in me. But if I then don't do it for a while, a week or two, it feels like it's slipping away from me. And then I have to go back and then I, I will listen to them. But it's the change doesn't feel permanent. So I can imagine the, the hesitance. Is it worth it if it's not permanent because it doesn't feel permanent? And then the second question is, since I have been listening a lot to that and I've been through the exercises with Marissa, a lot of stuff has come up for me. So I'm very much in my conscious brain, so aware of, ah, oh, this stems from here, this stems from there. So being so aware and having done this work, why doesn't it feel more permanent? Because when you use Marissa's programs, they're kind of, 
they're wonderful and very powerful, but you don't get that one-on-one exploration going deeply and specifically into what is going on with you. And when you work one-on-one with an RTT therapist, you get to really dive deep into your specific story and really pull it apart and untangle. And you can't get that from just recorded programs. And like you say, they have an amazing influence and, and they do get results. And some people get more results from them than others. But I do see the power of the one-on-one session as, as the real key for if you do feel like, you know, the recordings took you so far, but there's now like a, you hit a wall, you know, to, to go that next level, you, I think a one-on-one session is really will unlock that for you. Yeah. So when you think about RTT and your profession and how you want it to develop in the next few years, what is getting you excited about RTT, about your profession, about RTT getting known more? What do you see? What is clear for you that you have been through this process and you're teaching that and you're helping people? So standing in your position, what is it that you know and what gets you excited about RTT for the future? What gets me excited about RTT is how quick and powerful it is and that it gets real results. It's like a hack. And I'm not a, a believer in shortcuts, but, but this it is, it's a shortcut. And I use, I use it myself. I have regular RTT sessions myself. There's always more to work on. And I just love peeling back the layers and bettering my life and, and the lives of people around me. So that gets me really excited. Because for a long time working with my clients, I had to see them over and over again. And we didn't see those powerful results. We saw results when they were doing what they were supposed to do, but then getting them to do it was a different story. But now, you know, they can get what they need in in two, three sessions. And it's just, it's a gift to be able to, to give that to people. I think I just am so grateful to be able to do this work. And then you asked what's clear to me. I think more than anything is if we remember that the mind always does what it thinks you want it to do. The mind always wants to do what it truly believes is in your best interest. And so even if it's a a habit that you see as negative, the, the mind doesn't know that smoking is bad. I'll just use smoking as an example. The mind believes that you smoking is somehow serving you or that you binging is somehow serving you. So if we look at those patterns instead of, oh, I'm weak or my body is betraying me or things like that, we look at what is my body trying to tell me here? What is my mind trying to tell me here? And look at it more as an invitation to explore and heal rather than shut it down and and use willpower and jump on the next diet or try the next gym or whatever it is that relates to whatever issue we have. That really comes down to our inner dialogue because the words we use shape our reality. And our inner dialogue is everything. Our stories that we tell ourselves, they're about our lives. So that, you know, the thought loop that goes in our head. And if you stop and listen to it, it's, for most of us, it's, it's a very critical voice, really putting us down and telling us how silly we are and how You can't do that. That's not for you or pointing out, you know, all the failures. And once we become aware of that voice, if we can change it and start celebrating all the little wins or being kind and compassionate to ourselves and just changing that voice into a cheerleader or a best friend, 
everything changes because, you know, when you walk about your day, focus on all the negatives, then that's what you're focused on. That's what you're going to see. That's what you're going to attract more of. But if you can find the little things to be grateful for, the little wins, just kind of try and focus on the positives because there's always positives, even within hardships. Um, then you attract more of that. And it really just transforms your life. And it's like in the matrix when Neo, he only sees the matrix. I find like people are talking to me and all I can hear are stories, 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 beliefs, beliefs, beliefs. Like, you know, clients come in and they talk about how they can't cope and life is so hard and this is always happening and that's always happening. And I'm like, as long as you keep saying that, that's going to continue to be a reality. So really being aware of that inner dialogue. Look at your triggers. Your triggers are your biggest mirrors. If something is triggering you, it's a reflection of something that's going on within you. Then it's an opportunity to kind of explore and look at it and put the ego aside and really see. See what's going on there and, and start unraveling your own, your own patterns. It can really change your life. Yeah. So I'm listening to you and, you know, and I'm listening to you, what you say now. And then I'm also searching my own brain of how that applies to me. I can't help it. It's just like, okay, where would that, what you just said, how does that apply to me? And if I take my own example of what's holding me back in my business, it's always this notion of self-sabotage. And I have to keep myself small for everybody else's sake, for everybody else's safety, basically. So I can see all three of the core patterns. I'm not enough as in I'm not restrained enough. I have to restrain myself and I have to be better at that. And I can see the, the elements of I'm too different due to that. Whatever I want is not available to me. And I see the, the whole threat I see all those connections, but you also said earlier, so people come to you with a laundry list and want it all safe. But if I would describe my problem, the core problem is, okay, I'm holding myself back. I'm, I'm keeping myself small. That would be my core problem, but I can see all the little elements. How, how would that work? How would you approach that? Is it like one by one by one or... Yeah, it's, it's just, I see the complexity and what you say sounds so simple and so straightforward, but I can't see how that would apply to me personally right now. And I think a lot of people feel like that. Yeah. I think that having the one core issue that you want to work on, that's the key. So oftentimes we have more than one limiting belief. It's, you know, no one has only one. They're all going to show up at some point. So once the scenes come up because we just say to the mind take us to the root cause of why you're being held back and scenes will come up and one scene might be where you were told that you're too much and you need to restrain yourself and that's one belief and another scene might be that something made you feel that you that something isn't available to you they can all show up in a session that doesn't matter once that's at the surface we can then untangle, reframe, change those limiting beliefs into empowering ones and set you free from that pattern. RTT is a bit like, you know, if you mow your lawn and then you, you wonder why the weeds grow back, you need to go in and pull the weeds from the roots so, so that they won't grow back. So RTT is the same. You need to really get to the root of the issue and clean it from there. Right. Does that answer your question? Yeah, it does. <laughs> because I was seeing my problem 
you know, when there is some kind of tension, you want the tension so desperately relieved. And then I see the problem is the tip of the iceberg. That's the thing floating above water that you see. And then once you become aware of RTT and you dive a little bit into it, you dive your head underwater and you see that the iceberg is so much deeper, but you still just see Mm -hmm. the first, I don't know, the first third that is underwater. And it just feels so much. It's like this reverse process. It's like you're having a project and you have a due date and it looks so big how I'm going to climb this. And this is reverse. Like, how am I going to the bottom of this if that is so deep? So that's a little bit scary. And then my logic brain always wants to say it's just so much and I'm trying to rationalize it and say, is it, is it really possible to do that? So I'm, you know, with logic, rationalizing it down. Yeah. Yeah, I'm listening to you talk and I'm thinking that this is all left brain talk. And I mean, nothing wrong with that. We, we all have to operate at the conscious level because that's all we know consciously. But like you said about the iceberg, the conscious mind is the 5%, it's above the surface, but it's only 5%, 95% is under the surface. So if you think about, if you have an issue, and let's just take, for example, procrastinating in your business, you know, you have that 5%, which is logic, left brain, trying to pull you ahead and getting you to do the work and, and, and be visible and do that. But you have 95% pulling the other way and going, no, it's not safe. It's not safe. We don't do this. We can't do this. Guess who's going to win? Yeah. But I don't know. I don't think it's actually scary to go there. It's you approach it with curiosity. It's really beautiful. It allows you to really set yourself free and actually achieve your goals. And you will no longer have that resistance. You will just be in flow and it'll just be easy. It'll just be easy to do it. I had a client who um, had visibility issues and and wasn't putting herself out there in her business and, and moving like she wanted to. And it came back to conversations that she had with her parents about school that she, she was and her teacher that she was made to feel like she wasn't smart enough. Her grandmother made a comment about her tummy like about her weight when she was maybe seven. It's a loving grandmother who, who didn't mean to hurt, but this woman is now struggling to go live on Facebook, for example. But after the session, she just felt just empowered and free and, and confident, and she went to the beach in a bikini for the first time in her life. It's just amazing. You know, you can set yourself free. So I really don't think there's anything to be afraid of. And also... We're always going to heal at the level that we're ready to. You can't go deeper than you're ready to. Right. So there's no, really no need to, to fear what you might find out. That is so good. I have to write that down. <laughs> well, I don't have to write it. I have a recording. But it's just like, oh, that is so good. <laughs> it's, like, it's like, you know, when, when you go back and you read a book and every time you read it, you, something else clicks and you notice something else that you didn't notice before. It's we really, you know, our brains filter so much. Yeah. And we hear what we're ready to hear. So, and you said that you still have RTT sessions for yourself. Is that what you do when you become unsure or things become uncertain and you start maybe doubting or questioning yourself no, I think it's, it's like a game for me now. I'm looking for the patterns, like what else? What else can I peel back? And um, the, the kind of work that I'm doing now, and it's interesting because my business system seems to be pivoting 
along with me is really around heart opening and feeling okay to be vulnerable, to be truly seen, dismantling that brick wall, that shield around our hearts, coming home to ourselves. And I think it's very fitting to what's going on in the world right now with COVID-19 and all that. There's a huge need for that. We need to be opening our hearts. We need to be connecting to ourselves. How many of us feel so lonely, even when we have people around us? Or how many of us are still looking for that external way to fill the inner void? So when it comes to these kind of conversations, there often are many layers to peel back. Um, how does it relate to relationships? How does it relate to my business? How does it relate to food? Just the different aspects in my life. So I'm really enjoying just, just going really deep and really peeling back the layers. And, and you learn. And sometimes I do, I repeat sessions about the same topic because there's just always going to be another insight or another aspect or something else. And because I work with different therapists, every therapist will guide you in a different way as well. I just think it's fascinating. But I think just working on my own, when I feel like things are too much or when I'm uncertain, the biggest thing, the biggest tool that I use is coming back to my breath and coming back to the present moment because, you know, nothing else exists beyond what's happening right now. And right now, no matter what's happening right now, this second, everything is fine. And when we experience guilt, it's because we're thinking about what already happened. We can't change that. We can learn from it, but there's no point sitting in guilt. We can go back and apologize or we can do something to heal it, but sitting in guilt isn't serving us. And if we're sitting in fear and anxiety, that's because we're worried about the future. We're expending energy thinking about things we hope won't happen. And simply by thinking about them, we're actually we can manifest them. We are giving them more chance to happen. So being in the present moment, just coming back to the moment is really, really powerful. And then breath is really the only physical tool we have to calm down our nervous system. So the autonomic nervous system, when we feel anxiety or fear or just the stress of day-to-day life, that we're in sympathetic state or fight or flight. But by doing some deep belly breathing, we can shift our nervous system to parasympathetic or rest and digest, which is really the state we are supposed to be in most of the time. But we're not, unfortunately, in this modern life. So there are my, my two little tricks that, that anyone can do. With deeper work, of course, you can listen to hypnosis recordings, like the ones Marissa does. I, I have some free ones that I release every now and again as well. Sometimes I make recordings for myself if I feel like there's a specific issue that I want to work on. I did that. I did that when I first discovered Marissa. So I have this strange attraction to Marissa because the vocabulary that she uses is so rich and so flavorsome. But then the way she talks, it's just so monotone. So it, it always makes me laugh a little bit because her voice sounds very, very boring. But then what she says is super interesting. Yeah. So when I first heard her, I took one of her recordings that was about weight loss and then I transcribed it and then replaced all the words that were about diet and food to my issues that I had with my business and my mindset and then re-recorded it, the same structure, the same rich vocabulary, just with another focus on. 
And I'm still listening to that, but it's definitely weird to hear your own voice telling yourself that. Yeah. And it's not just the acoustics of you hear yourself differently from a recording than you hear yourself from within you, but it is very uncomfortable to hear yourself, your own voice, say the contrary of what you used to believe. I think that is also a mm. really weird experience. Interesting. See, because I did not have that experience. I actually quite like listening to my own recordings, um, but I can totally see what you're saying. And, you know, one of the things Marissa says is you can lie, cheat and steal. Yeah. Which basically means lie to your, lie to your brain. So say, I, I love myself, I'm smart, I'm clever, I'm healthy, wealthy, whatever it is that you want. Even if it's not true, even if you don't believe it, keep saying it. Your mind doesn't know the difference between, between what's true and what's not. And eventually your mind takes it in as truth. Because all the beliefs that we form, they're actually not truths. They're just beliefs that we chose to take on. Who said I'm not enough? Who said you need to restrain yourself? No one actually said that. You chose to take that on. So question everything. Question what your mind says and change the story. Change your inner dialogue. So when you think for yourself in the future, who do you want to be? Like in 10 years, in three years from now, where do you see yourself and your business develop to? So I'm not one to sit and make a 10-year business plan or anything like that. <laughs> I'm really, when I look at my, my vision for my future, it's, it's built around my values. So I really want to be making a difference in people's lives and, and helping affect real change and, and heal, heal people so we can heal the planet. And, you know, that's kind of my bigger vision. But I want to be able to do that while enjoying the simple things in life spending time with my family, spending time in nature, traveling. Hopefully we can do that again soon. <laughs> I don't think I will ever give up the one-on-one -on -one work because it's just so powerful. I love it so much. It teaches me so much. But I do want to be able to reach more people. So, yeah, definitely, you know, working with groups and, and, and other avenues that will allow me to reach more people are in my future for sure. So we're coming to the end of this and I mean, that was already so rich, but I just wanted to give you one more time the opportunity. Is there some last nugget of wisdom, something that you know to be true or is there something you wish people asked you and that I, for example, now forgot to ask you? <laughs> um, I think what I, what I know to be true is that what we perceive to be self-sabotage is actually a protection mechanism. There's something that our mind is trying to protect us from. So even just changing the, the wording from self-sabotage to looking at this is, this is my mind protecting me, keeping me safe, seeing it as something positive, and then having the curiosity to explore and see why that's going on. I think that has been really big for me just kind of exploring those patterns for myself because we all experience self-sabotage in many different ways. But knowing that there's a difference between what we think it is and what is actually going on and having that compassion to say, oh, I'm being protected here, I'm being kept safe. And then looking deeper to see why and what's actually going on. It's beautiful. It shifts guilt tripping yourself from, oh, I again didn't do it. Why am I not doing it too? 
what am I protecting myself? The tone becomes so much more loving. Absolutely. And, you know, guilt is where self-criticism starts from. As soon as we have guilt, oh, why did I eat that donut? Oh, why did I yell at my kids? You know, whatever it is for us. So if we can release ourselves with the guilt, that's a huge weight off our shoulders that we really don't need to be carrying around. Right. Well, Sivan, I want to thank you. And I want to thank you now because I know that you have something very special prepared for the listeners. You are offering a free hypnosis that we will record right now. So I want to thank you in advance for being available and open and so willing to deal with me. And I I felt a bit scattered. I had my brain jumping left and right while we were recording. And you have been very patient and very accommodating to (laughs) keep this skipping back and forth with me today. So thank you so much for being who you are, for showing up the way you did. Thank you. (laughs) And I will now leave you the stage to give my listeners a little taste of what hypnosis feels like. Beautiful. Thank you so much. It's been a big pleasure having this chat with you. Thank you. That was it, my friend. That was my interview with Sivan from wellnesswithsivan.com. Now, was that detailed or was that detailed? Did it leave any questions open on hypnosis or RTT? Or the process on how to get there. It did not, right? Should it? Why don't you just leave me a message on Facebook or Instagram and I'll reply personally or I'll just forward it to Sivan for her to answer. Now, you listened to the edited version of this interview. What you don't know is that during the recording, I had my questions lying before me But every time Sivan gave me an answer, there was so much more info there than I expected. So I had to take notes and it felt like my brain was lagging a little bit behind. And well, we had several situations where I actually had to go back and ask her, wait, two questions ago, you said, I now realize, can you elaborate? Now, that's the magic of sound editing, right? It's not in the recording, because believe me, otherwise this episode would have been twice as long. But here we go. If you asked me what my main takeaway from our conversation was, it would be this. Improving and growing yourself is the process of coming home to yourself. You do not need to discover who you are as much as you need to remember who you were before you started conforming with everything. And when it comes to how we form our beliefs, I came to the conclusion that we don't think as much about feeling as we feel about thinking. So what does that mean? If I tell you a story and I say I was feeling scared or excited or sad or happy, you don't need to think about it as much. You know what scared or sad or happy feels like to you. There is not much interpretation needed. If I, however, tell you how I once stood at the edge of a bridge looking down into the abyss before me with nothing but a rubber band around my ankles, you might feel something entirely different than I do. 
when we are in the process of consciously thinking and processing information, there's a lot more feeling happening in the background than we realize. And it's so much more complex because we all attach different meanings and different feelings to it. And we finally store that information, that conclusion we come to in a distinct folder. And maybe it's the wrong folder. So wouldn't it us all do some good to do some decluttering from time to time? Well, I promise you I will give you my personal experience, my personal report on RTT. Let me start at the beginning. Sivan's onboarding process is about a dozen questions that are, yeah, straightforward enough, but they're not easy to answer. It is actually really hard not to have an entire laundry list of things you want to clean up. At least it was hard for me. And since I already did a lot of work by myself, I saw how things are connected and it was hard to settle for just one thing. And even on the day on the call with Sivan, it took us some time to focus down on the thing that I wanted to work on. But she was great at pointing out all the angles we could attack it from. And I told you that I'm already used to Marissa's hypnosis and the process of how to get down to that deeper level. But the main difference was this is not a recording where I am a passive listener, but I had Sivan talking to me and also expecting answers. And I have to admit, um, the first moments I wasn't as easy as I am with the recordings because I was excited and thoughts of, oh, am I doing this right? She will ask me about scenes that will come to mind. There are so many scenes. Which one should I choose? Damn, will I do it right? And it took me a few moments until I reminded myself to just let go, see where this will take you, enjoy the ride, and meh, whatever comes up, comes up. And it is like Sivan said it would be. You are awake. You are not drowsy, sleepy, or foggy in your mind. I was very clear but it felt like my body was in one of those silent rooms. You know, one of those super insulated rooms where no outside noise can touch you. And yes, I did Sivan the favor of crying because I'm not just a crier, I'm a weeper. But I wasn't scared or uncomfortable. I was just remembering. And not just with the brain, but also with the body. So the emotions came back. But it was not bad or it wasn't scary. I knew that I'm not in the actual situation anymore. I'm just rewinding and observing. So between the guiding through the scenes, Sivan asked me questions and I had a real hard time answering them. Firstly, because the information I was working through was really rich. It was rich in everything. But then secondly, my childhood happened in two different languages. And when answering Sivan, that added a third language into the mix. And it was just really hard to put that complexity into words and then using translated words. But that did not take away from my own experience, right? I was just being less talkative with Sivan, the therapist. So what's the conclusion? Did it work? Well, <laughs> I can't give you an answer just yet because it is still working, still processing within me. I can tell you that I did a whole lot of journaling straight afterwards 
and also in the days following because I keep noticing more connections and how I can let go of those other beliefs that are just lurking in the second and third row. Part of the process includes to listen to a very personal recording from your therapist for 21 days following your session. And I'm just in week one. So give me a bit of time and I'll get back to you on that. But hey, feel free to shoot me a personal message on any of the social platforms. I am a home worth having everywhere. And if you like this episode, if you found value in it, please give it a swipe up and a five-star review. You don't need to write anything, but the star rating is already such a help to get the message spread more widely and helping to find that person that needs to hear it. And please, don't forget to find Sivan. Let her know how generous she was in taking the time and this detailed approach to answer all the questions. She is so accessible, so don't hesitate to contact her. She is Wellness with Sivan on Facebook, on the IG, Instagram, and her website is wellnesswithsivan.com. Sivan is spelled S-I-V-A-N. Or just click the link below and you'll get transported to her website straight away. Talk to you again next week. This is your designer friend, Nicole. Au revoir. So this hypnosis is fantastic for people with depression or just if you want to tap into your feelings of happiness, feelings of joy and having the ability to access them at any moment. But before we begin, I should just say that if you're driving or operating heavy machinery, you should pause the recording and come back to it later. But just make yourself comfortable. And you can sit or lie down, it doesn't matter. Just make sure your hands and feet aren't touching. And I want you to roll your eyeballs up as if you're trying to look into your own eyebrows. You might feel your eyes straining, but that's okay. So keeping your eyeballs up, take a deep breath in and slowly breathe out. Take another deep breath in and exhale slowly. And knowing that each time you blink, hypnosis is coming upon you. One final time, take another deep breath in and keeping your eyeballs up. As you exhale, just close your eyelids right down, all the way down. And as your eyelids shut down, you feel a fluttering sensation in your eyelids. And that's perfect. That's the alpha brainwave state. It's rapid eye movement, and it's a wonderful sign that you're drifting into a natural, deep relaxation. And now you can relax your eyes and allow your eyeballs to go wherever they want. And you notice the muscles and nerves in and around your eyes are becoming heavy, droopy, drowsy. Your eyelids are starting to feel as if they've been glued shut, sealed tight, and locked together. But just forget all about your eyes now and allow a drifting, floating, relaxing feeling to develop in your body. 
Now I want you to drop your chin down just a fraction so that you get that same looking down feeling as if you're looking over a balcony or down a flight of stairs. And I want you to imagine in front of you 10 steps descending into a wonderfully safe place. As, it, as I count down, you're going to see your feet, hear your feet, and feel your feet moving on to each step. And don't worry if you can't see the steps. Your mind knows exactly how to take you down. You're taking step 10 as each muscle, every nerve, turns loose, lets loose, and you go deeper. You're taking step 9 and 8, and you can see your feet, hear your feet, and feel your feet as you move down, drift down, travel down into an even deeper level. You're taking steps seven and six, and every sound, every noise, every movement around you is carrying you deeper, much, much deeper into hypnosis. You're taking step five, you're halfway down, and you go deeper with every breath, every beat of your heart. You're taking step four and three, as you gently, calmly, easily move on over to an even deeper level. You're taking step two, you're nearly there, and you go deeper into an awareness of yourself. You're taking step one, just go deeper, sink deeper, drift deeper, much, much deeper. And as you go deeper, you feel an incredible relaxation spreading throughout your body. And just when you think you are as relaxed as can be, you notice yourself drifting deeper, sinking deeper, and becoming even more deeply relaxed. And just allow this drifting, floating, relaxing feeling to envelop you completely. Time is insignificant now. Just let yourself go deeper. And as you go deeper, your brilliant mind is remembering a scene, place, event, or time when you felt completely happy, completely at peace. Maybe you felt excited, proud, elated. A scene that is completely positive, that is connected only to positive emotions for you. And you can choose the emotion you want to feel. Your mind already knows exactly what this memory is. And as I count backwards, it will take you straight there. As I count backwards from five to one, you're going back to that scene, place, event, and time that is all to do with that happy, wonderful feeling. So on the count of five, you are drifting back to a vivid scene that is all to do with feeling happy. On the count of four, you're becoming younger. On the count of three and two, you're becoming smaller lighter, shorter, drifting back, right back to a scene, place, event, and time that is all to do with feeling happy. On the count of one, you're going back easily, years, months, weeks, days are peeling away as you go back to a significant scene. A scene is coming into your mind easily, effortlessly, and automatically just be there. The scene where you are now, Notice everything about it. Is it daytime or nighttime? Are you inside or outside? Are you alone or with someone? 
How old are you? What are you seeing, hearing, feeling and experiencing? What is it that makes you feel so good, so happy, so joyful? Where in your body are you feeling these feelings? Really be there. Really allow all this happiness, all these positive emotions to fill you up completely and penetrate every bit of you, every cell, every organ, every tissue, every part of you. Feel them expanding, washing over you. See them like a white healing light flooding your body, growing and intensifying. You are completely immersing yourself in this beautiful feeling of happiness and joy. And it feels so good. And now you realize that this incredible feeling of pure happiness is within you. It's coming from you. It's yours. This is something you experienced before. And you can choose to experience it in every moment of every day. You have the power to do that. These positive feelings are always available to you. And you can access them whenever you like. Your inner mind, the most powerful part of your mind, is locking onto these wonderful positive emotions and remembering that they are available and accessible to you all the time. You allow all this joy and happiness to absorb into your cells, to completely saturate your cells, to merge with your cells and become a permanent part of you. Every cell in your body is pulsing and vibrating with beautiful energy of pure bliss, matching the frequency of the happy, joyous emotions you are feeling. And knowing these feelings of joy, happiness, and bliss are available to you, are yours to access at any time. In fact, they are a vital part of you now and forever. So knowing that, feeling that, believing that, and feeling happy, feeling blissful, feeling amazing. In a moment, I'm going to count you back to full awareness and you will bring all this positivity back into the present, knowing that it's always available to you. So on the count of one, you are becoming more aware, feeling your fingers and toes. On the count of two and three, noticing the room and the sounds around you. On the count of four and five, take a deep breath in, open your eyes, and come back to full awareness right now. <laughs>